Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori. Chapter 3. Happiness Deriving from Perfect Uniformity. Acting according to this pattern, one not only becomes holy, but also enjoys perpetual serenity in this life. Alphonsus the Great, King of Aragon, being asked one day whom he considered the happiest person in the world, answered, He who abandons himself to the will of God and accepts all things, prosperous and adverse, as coming from his hands. To those that love God, all things work together unto good. Those who love God are always happy, because their whole happiness is to fulfill, even in adversity, the will of God. Afflictions do not mar their serenity, because by accepting misfortune, they know they give pleasure to their beloved Lord. Whatever shall befall the just man, it shall not make him sad. Indeed, what can be more satisfactory to a person than to experience the fulfillment of all his desires? This is the happy lot of the man who wills only what God wills, because everything that happens, save sin, happens through the will of God. There is a story to this effect in the lives of the fathers, about a farmer whose crops were more plentiful than those of his neighbors. On being asked how this happened with such unvarying regularity, he said he was not surprised because he always had the kind of weather he wanted. He was asked to explain, he said, It is so because I want whatever kind of weather God wants, and because I do, he gives me the harvest I want. If souls resigned to God's will are humiliated, says Salvian, they want to be humiliated. If they are poor, they want to be poor. In short, whatever happens is acceptable to them. Hence, they are truly at peace in this life. In cold and heat, in rain and wind, the soul united to God says, I want it to be warm, to be cold, windy, to rain, because God wills it. This is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God, and it is worth vastly more than all the rank and distinction of blood and birth, more than all the kingdoms of the world. This is the abiding peace which, in the experience of the saints, surpasseth all understanding. It surpasses all pleasures rising from gratification of the senses, from social gatherings, banquets, and other worldly amusements. Vain and deceiving as they are, they captivate the senses for the, same, for the time being, but bring no lasting contentment. Rather, they afflict man in the depth of his soul, where alone true peace can reside. Solomon, who tasted all the pleasures of the world to satiety and found them bitter, voiced his disillusionment thus, But this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. A fool, says the Holy Spirit, is changed as the moon, but a holy man continueth in wisdom as the sun. The fool, that is, the sinner, is as changeable as the moon, which today waxes and tomorrow wanes. Today he laughs, tomorrow he cries. Today he is meek as a lamb, tomorrow cross as a bear. Why? Because his peace of mind depends on the prosperity or the adversity he meets. He changes with the changes in the things that happen to him. The just man is like the sun, constant in his serenity, no matter what betides him. His calmness of soul is founded on his union with the will of God. Hence, he enjoys unruffled peace. This is the peace promised by the angel of the nativity. And on earth, peace to men of good will. Who are these men of good will, if not those whose wills are united to the infinitely good and perfect will of God? The good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. By uniting themselves to the divine will, 
the saints have enjoyed paradise by anticipation in this life. Accustoming themselves to receive all things from the hands of God, says St. Dorotheus, the men of old maintained continual serenity of soul. St. Mary Magdalene of Pazzi derived such consolation at hearing the words, Will of God, that she usually fell into an ecstasy of love. The instances of jangling irritation that are bound to arise will not fail to make surface impact on the senses. This, however, will be experienced only in the inferior part of the soul. In the superior part will reign peace and tranquility as long as our will remains united with God's. Our Lord assured His apostles, Your joy no man shall take from you. Your joy shall be full. He who unites his will to God's experiences a full and lasting joy. Full because he has what he wants, as was explained above. Lasting because no one can take his joy from him, since no one can prevent what God wills from happening. The devout Father John Towler relates this personal experience. For years he had prayed God to send him someone who would teach him the real spiritual life. One day, at prayer, he heard a voice saying, Go to such and such a church, and you will have the answer to your prayers. He went, and at the door of the church he found a beggar, barefooted and in rags. He greeted the mendicant, saying, Good day, my friend. Thank you, sir, for your kind wishes, but I do not recall ever having a bad day. Then God has certainly given you a very happy life. That is very true, sir. I have never been unhappy. In saying this, I am not making any rash statement either. This is the reason. When I have nothing to eat, I give thanks to God. When it rains or snows, I bless God's providence. When someone insults me, drives me away, or otherwise mistreats me, I give glory to God. I said I've never had an unhappy day, and it's the truth, because I am accustomed to will unreservedly what God wills. Whatever happens to me, sweet or bitter, I gladly receive from His hands as what is best for me. Hence, my unvarying happiness. Where did you find God? I found Him where I left creatures. Who are you, anyway? I am a king. And where is your kingdom? In my soul, where everything is in good order, where the passions obey reason, and reason obeys God. How have you come to such a state of perfection? By silence. I practice silence towards men, while I cultivate the habit of speaking with God. Conversing with God is the way I found and maintain my peace of soul. Union with God brought this poor beggar to the very heights of perfection. In his poverty he was richer than the mightiest monarch. In his sufferings he was vastly happier than worldlings amid their worldly delights.